So Maps Prime is uh, the amount of it's flying off the shelves, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because we're almost sold out. We're oh, yeah, wow. no, we get uh, we get <laughs> we get so many messages Noises. daily for people using Maps Prime. It's it's really blowing people's minds, and a lot of the messages are coming from trainers. They're not just coming from everyday people. They're coming from personal trainers who are using it on themselves now, using it on their clients. And they're finding that it's uh, it's groundbreaking. Really, how you set up your workout and how you finish it have a tremendous impact on your results, on how your body moves. Well, on the how supplement you industry knew this. They knew it. They uh, knew this, but they went the wrong way. They went the wrong way. Right. Maps Prime uh, can be added to any workout, any routine, whether you do our other Maps programs or not. It will make your current workout that much better. You can learn more about Maps Prime at MindPumpMedia.com iTunes review. How many times? What? Okay, folks. Made up some shit again. Yeah. All right. Okay, folks. How many, Doug? Tell us. We got sixteen. What? Sixteen? Yeah. It's a little light compared to going backwards. It's a little light in the loafers. Why do you think that is, Doug? I don't know. What are you doing wrong? I really don't know. I might need to tell people how to do it again. Yeah. How many, first off, how many are t-shirts you, are, are you we giving gonna, them? Are you giving them ugly shirts now? No. No, I don't think so. How many, how many t-shirts are we giving away? Black on black. Mm-hmm. We're giving away five shirts. You so, know, we give away we give away my favorite shirt that we have. The black on black, I think, is the sickest shirt we have. It's nice. It feels good. It looks good. Here's what you do. If you want to leave a review, okay, you go to your i your your podcast icon. Even if you're already subscribed, you still have to do this stupid process. You got to so do this stupid process. Listen carefully. Go to the search function. Type mind pump at the top. That's two words. Hit search. We pop up. Click on the icon. Then you will see a little section that says reviews. Click on reviews. Leave a review. Your odds of winning are actually quite high. We get anywhere between 15 to 25 reviews a week, and we give away like five or six shirts. So if you want a free Mind Pump shirt, this is the way to do it. Just leave us a five-star review, uh, and if we like it, we pick it, you win. Absolutely. Take it away, Doug. All right. So we're going to give away five shirts. That's 16 reviews. We're giving out five shirts. Great odds. First up is Brookie RDN. Cello Polter, I think it is. CSO 80. Eight one five. Doug's having a hard time. I can't here. read my own writing. I have a hard time reading. You need more Camara writing. coffee. Yeah, you're right. Andrea eighty six eighty seven. And finally, the very short name. I'm sorry, this name's not cooler. <laughs> you're all winners. I like all that. winners. Send your name, the one I just read, to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll send that right out to you. Please, no more dick pics to Doug. Yes, please. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Quick question, guys. What? What would you do? I had a... New- Ooh, what would you do, baby? Yeah. I had a, what would had you a, do if you had $1,000? No, I have... What? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I don't even know. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. I like to buy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like really small stuff. What would you and do? It'd be gone. That's if you had 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah if like, I gave you 10 bucks right now, we'll yeah. go to the liquor store. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you, it's not you, that exciting. We were, we were on one of our trips when you did that, Sal. I don't remember where we were, and you did that. Uh, I dare <laughs> you to dollars. do I dare you to do this. I'll give you $100. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like whoa. Yeah. Was like, that's like a dollar. Like, bro, that's all you had to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. it. There's, there's things you would do for 100 bucks. 
Like of, what? Well, of course. Like anything. Like, I'm just saying motivating. there's things you would do. Like show up to work? Mm. No, like if I'm like, hey, uh, I don't know, go tell that person over there they're fat or something like that for 100 bucks. You might do it. I don't know. I just no thought way. of something random. Yeah, that's hella mean. Yeah. I would pee on that's Justin's face for $100. You'd do it for free. No. no. Yeah, you would. Yeah, that's no. not Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Maybe I got confused. I think I need to be did the you one say, to pay for that. Did you say you'd pay $100 to be able to pee on his face or you'd want $100 to pee on his face? No, no, yeah. I'd want $100 to okay. pee on his not face. Not to pay. Uh, yeah, well. So it's not like something you want to do. Yeah. Well, it's something so, that you would you would want the money uh, and that's- you, you, yes, you feel bad, so you get this little bit of a, a barrier to that. Well, like, uh, I, I'm glad. Sal paid me 200 for that already, so I assume Justin would at least give me 100 He let me whiz all over his face for 200 bucks. It was very nice. Okay, I see. Very warm. It's a service he provides. Disgusting. Ah, it's, it's great. So, hey, uh, so I had a near-death experience this weekend. Uh, nobody cares. That's why I was near. Wa- <laughs> if really? it's near, it's not Tell anything. Us. What happened? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. Well, I'm just, that's what I'm saying. I was like, you know, you guys almost lost me. It would have been horrible. Stop. It would have been very sad. Uh, I think Doug Don't actually do that did the insurance for us i think justin and i would be retired if that was the case mm. that much money huh yeah. oh good liar yeah retire us i for saw a the year. policy <laughs> you guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys get you guys not. get five grand we're good for you guys get to split <laughs> five grand <laughs> is that all we, I know, we get a jetta i know he had it to where you guys, split if i die ways. you guys get paid out like 10 million i think i don't know you're only you're only a grand we get if you get you you die <laughs> you're at the, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> at the, what would you do didn't we put a, didn't we put a policy out on your dick or something like that like something happens to it maybe that's why yeah we get like you know Insured it. Yeah. So a million dollars for every inch. What, tell us what you did. What happened? What happened? How did you uh, so almost the, die? So the so the new place I'm in has got these uh, really nice laminate, but they look like wood floor. It's actually pretty good, uh, pretty good quality. But like Pergo. Yeah, it's like Pergo, but they look pretty good, right? Yeah. But they're slippery as fuck if you have like just socks on, <laughs> like uh-huh. really slippery, to the point where my kids, it's like their favorite thing to do is to run back and forth. Yeah. And slide because we don't wear shoes in the house, like Tom Cruise. Yeah, so uh, so <laughs> I'm coming. Risky business reference. Yeah, man. So I go upstairs <laughs> and I'm coming down the stairs, dude. And you guys ever fall down the stairs? Yeah, man. You have? Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like yeah, you feel like an old like decrepit person. I felt like a yeah, like yeah. a oh, you idiot. mean a, you mean as an adult? Have I fallen? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like like as a grown <laughs> yeah, man, dude, like have you just, fallen down the stairs? You just lose your balance because you're all thinking about something else all of a sudden. So, so I'm up. You, I mean, you get a split second of of like I'm gonna die feeling right. Yeah. So I'm up at the top of the stairs. My girl's behind me. My girlfriend, right? I'm walking down the stairs, and my foot slips. But the floor, you know, the, the steps are pergo, right? So I don't oh, just no. I don't just fall. I fucking fall for like five seconds. Like I keep falling because that shit's slippery, right? So yeah. my foot comes out for me, and you know I fucking try and catch myself on the railing, <laughs> and but and I put my and I try to plant with my other foot, and that motherfucker comes out. Yeah. So I'm like, like all the way down. Oh no! Did you roll? No, I didn't roll. I just I like just oh like slid like a toboggan. Okay, you ever hit your ass hella hard on the floor? Yeah. Like your instinct is to clench your glutes and straighten out. Like you just worst thing. Yeah. Yeah, you become like a plank. You have to be loose. So I straightened out like a plank. It's instinctual, by the way. None of this was planned. I didn't think to myself like this is what I'm gonna do to to help myself. I just fucking straightened myself out, and so I'm just like a like a big Sicilian toboggan. Coming down the stairs, and I finally catch myself with my left elbow on one of the steps, and for sure thought I broke my elbow, but I didn't. I'm super, super strong. This was yesterday. Uh, I see. This was uh, um, Saturday. Man, yeah, I, yeah, I, haven't I just fucking bailed. I haven't and fell in a long time. The like best, that. you know, the, you know, what was nice though. Was very sweet about the whole thing. So I hit the mm. ground like I'm right. So I'm like, don't cry. 
No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But I'm sitting there. My kids were watching TV in the other room, and they run over. Dude, they were so concerned. Oh no! Yeah, they came over. My so daughter's like hugging patting me. Your back. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, She's like, "Are you okay?" Blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. "I'm totally fine." My kids do that. Yeah. I'm dude. trying to think what my last big fall was. When the last big yeah. crash you had, Justin? Well, uh, I was trying to think. So you fall. Oh yeah, no, I got one. <laughs> you fall. Yeah. A lot. You no, got, he has. He's, he's fell. A big clumsy fall. Well, no, not yeah, because he's clumsy. Not because he's clumsy, but because he 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 just I just barrel through things. Yeah, it's kind of like he ran through the wall. Didn't you run through the wall? I did. Yeah. We post that. Did we ever post that? But that's the kind of stuff I'll do, just uh, you know, off of a, a whim. Yeah, but like, you don't. Yeah, let's do this. It's not like you come out unscathed. Kind of like, crazy. He ran through the wall and then he had to cut up his arms. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, I just kind of go through it. Yeah, no. There was this time. I think I might even talked about this story like a long time ago in one of the first episodes. But it was like when I was at um, when I was living with my in laws before I moved into my place. I was remodeling my place, and uh, like. Everybody was over for dinner one night, like all of like Courtney's family. And um, before everybody got there, like I was showering, getting ready and everything. And um, like I, <laughs> I was shaving and I was like shaving my face in there. I thought it was going to be a good idea to shave my face, whatever. It kind of clumped up and it started sliding down my chest. And what, I the, looked the- down, I thought it was a spider. <laughs> And I was like, right. oh, and to, to be fair, their their tub, it's like a tub that's like kind of round and it's like super slippery. And that's there's like no, mine. There's no like, he- like we have rubber, have rubber thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. We, oh, if you don't have one of those. They on didn't those have tubs? it, dude. Yeah. And so I, I didn't even, I, I knew how slippery it was stepping into it. And then you kind of forget because you're so you like, see, I'm like shaving, so I'm like doing my hair, hair all this shit. So this like, this, this face puby stuff like just, just comes down my chest <laughs> and I like out of the corner of my eye, I see I'm like, my arms go up in the air. Like one of my foot like just flies straight up in the air and then my other one follows it. And then there was like the only thing that saved me was like this this place where you put your soap and my ribs fell right on that. Oh. And I was like, oh, and then landed like as hard as possible. And then, uh, okay, of course, the first person that like comes in is like her mom, right? I'm just butt naked, just... <laughs> I was like, I'm okay. Across my leg. And I'm like, don't worry. And then, but meanwhile, inside, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I totally had a nice. I finish. have one of those tubs. And the last time I fell was in before we had uh, one of those rubber suction things, right? That goes yeah. on the bottom. Because you, if you have one of those tubs that are like that, that you are, have to put the rubber. And it's, it's like, it's made for like a little, you know, four foot 11 person that is like this wide. So you have to stand with like a super narrow <laughs> yeah, stance. Yeah. Unreasonable. Yeah, six foot three, twelve in, or twelve size, twelve Whoa. feet. Like trying to yeah, turn twelve a, inches. Trying right? to turn around. Uh, no, it's thirteen. So yeah, trying yeah, to turn yeah. around inside the the bathtub. Man, I went down one time, but I went through the through the fucking shower curtain. Did you? Did you just fucking so, pull it down? Because your natural it? instinct is to grab yeah. the first thing to oh, hold I ripped you up. That down. And it was the shower yeah. curtain, which is on one of those like cheap ass dowel rods that's wedged into the thing. So of course that <laughs> yeah. comes flying yeah. down. That didn't help at all, dude. Hits the top of me. I go falling over into the uh, into the bathroom. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I was bruised up a little bit, but not too bad. But I do remember that was what uh, made us go down. That was a couple of years ago. Made us go down and make sure we had those. Those little rubber it's stoppers because some soap oh, gets yeah. on that thing. It's a victory when you fall as an adult and you don't break anything. <laughs> it is. No, for real. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, when I, I hit the ground, I like, thought to oh, myself, God, I'm okay. yeah, I'm like, did I break anything? <laughs> did I tear anything? Yeah. And then because I didn't break anything or tear anything, immediately my confidence is like through the roof now. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm invincible. I fell and didn't break anything. But when you're a kid, you fall all the time yeah. and you don't do shit. Yeah, I don't. I see. I see kids fall down. My kid, my daughter fall down. She gets back up. If yeah. I fell a fraction of that time, I'd be dead. 
uh-huh. by this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I fell hella hard one time at uh, so tight. I fell in public. You're falling public in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. That is great. That's where yeah. you turn a trip into like a like a like a. There was no. Start, oh, there was no. There was no saving this yeah. shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to jump over the the the. You know, the, like if you go to like a fast food place, they'll sometimes like separate the line or whatever by like a chain uh-huh. that's like hanging on both sides. You tri- <laughs> <That's kinda> like, <laughs> dude. I had a tray. I can see you doing that. I, so good. I had a tray full of food for no, everybody. No, and you had food in your hand. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. And I tr- I stepped over with my right and I go for my left, but I hooked onto the chain. Oh god. <laughs> And I just, I mean, I, I it looked like I, it looked like I flew, like I just. God, oh. Why is that so funny? Like, dude, I, I see people that like eat shit like that. I die laughing. Dude, so I hard. pulled the, all the chain with me, and which pulled all the poles with me. Oh my god! <laughs> so it was like it was super, like ding, choo, choo, oh, like no. this huge noise, yeah. Oh, and I just no. hit the deck like, and food everywhere. It Not just gonna makes lie, so much noise, that. like everybody turns around. Yeah. Like, did anybody start like applauding for you or anything? No. Well, I think at first people. Oh, are like, God, I had that. I happen. think what happens because here's what happens to me, so yeah. I know what happens to them. When you I didn't see, fall hard enough, bro. N- when I see people fall in public, the first like emotion that goes through my mind is, is it okay to laugh? Yeah. Then when I see they're okay, then I laugh because you're like, fuck. What if I oh, start right. laughing? Right, and they're hurt, and, and they're bleeding like, or something. Like yeah. now you're going to hell for sure. Of course. So, but the funniest thing I've ever, the funniest fall I've ever seen was this old lady in a parking lot. And she, she was. This is already this is fucked up, story. dude. This is fucked up because because I laughed so hard, and then I, I had to duck down behind my car. So <laughs> I'm I'm at the side of my car, and I'm about to get you know go into my car, open my car door, and I look over, and the woman like two cars down, she kind of took a step back, but I think she I, she must have tripped over those little those little small cement medians or whatever that they do uh, separate yeah. whatever you know car you know spaces or whatever, and she kind of trips over it, but it was. The most slow motion fall I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dude, this old lady fell for like 10 minutes. She fell no. back. She's like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, uh, uh. And I'm like, okay, she's not going to fall. Uh, no, no, she's going to fall. Oh, no, no, she's okay. No, no, she's going to, she's like, uh, uh, uh. And then she, uh, yeah. And she fell back and it was still real slow, even when she hit the ground and her legs went all the way up in the air. And then she kind of like stayed there for a second. And then I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, and she like kind of helped herself up. And then I just, I was like, oh my God, I got to get in my car and drive away. So I can laugh. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> what a dick. Oh I, no. Did time slow down because, yeah. because, you know, I witnessed this thing or was was that just because <laughs> I literally how fall. I feel like she broke the laws of physics. That's how slow she fell. But obviously yeah. she has, she's elderly, so she has mm. bad balance. Yeah. So I. Justin, you brought all the uh, munchkins in here for the for their little party, dude. How'd that I go? Did, yeah. I noticed it wasn't a disaster in here. I expect like no. I, I my plan was to, to kind of clean it more than it was when I got here, right? So right. it's got to look a little better. Yeah, no, we uh, we had a great time. There was a bouncy house in here, you know. Just I saw them, that. So it all worked had out. Them doing well. a bunch of yeah, a bunch of sports, and we're throwing the ball around, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, nobody uh, had nobody the kids died. lift weights. Yeah. Did now did the did we're they, gonna start renting? This did they enjoy the video games, it. or is it just those games are just so old to them they don't even care? Well, you know they all were drawn to them and they all played it and stuff, but I don't think they figured it out very well, except for the off road. Like they were able to figure that out. The mm-hmm. yeah, they just didn't have the intuition for the NBA Jam. Didn't really make sense. You know? Oh wow, they're yeah, too young you for it like, still. 
Yeah, they they were like their cousins. They they got it. Like some of the older cousins. If we had like Pac Man, yeah, then they would. Yeah, if it was more of a simple, then they would have gone nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah. off road's pretty simple. So I mean, off road, like, off road works. So you had yeah. friends and family come here that have never been here before. Yeah, what'd they think? Yeah, no, they were super stoked on it. Like, uh, yeah, my my in laws and stuff's first time they got to see it. Uh, my. Most, I mean, my wife was here for the first time. I was like, God, you're a really? slacker. Wow. <laughs> this was the first time your wife had been inside the headquarters? Yeah. She's your, she's that's your crazy. biggest fan. I don't know. <laughs> that's <laughs> Totally. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, shit, this is actually yeah. a nice little oh, spot look, you got here. You did do something with, with all your money that you've been spending. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Spending it all here. This is where you get, what do you do? What do you do for food? Did you get, like, just pizza? Uh no, we had uh sandwiches from Togo's oh, yeah, and, okay. and veggie plate and you know whatever. I tried to go a little bit less like junk food ish, but mm-hmm. uh you know and then actually she made this cake that was like it was a real thin layer. You ground up all these like uh, Oreos and then you have a bananas in the middle and then like some kind of like light whipped cream thing on oh, it. Oh, sounds good. And it was really good. It was it wasn't didn't like kill you because cake. You 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 smelled what what that that created. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like that destroys me. I'll never on the insides. It. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget yeah. it. Yeah. Sat, Remember. So I because I stopped by real quick because I had to come grab something. Oh, you were here? You came by? Real, yeah, real fast because I was on. We we actually, yeah, that was before the bouncy house. Yeah, yeah. So I you know I got to see the kids and you you got your boys are adorable, man. Just yeah. they were climbing all over the boxes over there. Yeah. Uh, but we were on our way. We that the reason why I couldn't come and hang out was because we were going up to the city. Because we were going to go see the Cirque, Cirque du, Soleil. du Soleil. That's right. How was that? Dude, so I haven't been to the Cirque. I went once in Vegas. I watched a Vegas show. So I never saw their tent like show, the traveling show. And there's different shows, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't... God damn it. What's the name of this one? This is the one... Uh, it'll come to me, but it's like a Mexican-themed with water and lights. And I can't remember the name of it, hmm. but it was up in San Francisco. And because Jessica, obviously, you know, she worked with the Cirque for, I think, four or five years... We got to go backstage. I got to see the all the performers. That's awesome. How the whole thing operates and huh. really cool. They had this contortionist that that uh, I've never. My mind has never been blown like this in my entire life. Like I've seen crazy because nowadays you've got YouTube. You can go and you can see crazy things, right? Uh huh. The contortionist in this show, first of all, was a guy, which is. It's more rare yeah, to so have a, a male contortionist you don't see that very than often. a female. Yeah. It's more rare. I have never seen this this level of uh, like inhuman flexibility yeah. ever on TV ever. He literally, <clears throat> I'm not creepy out a little, like bro. What? I'm not exaggerating. What is that? Yeah. He literally folded himself backwards like a piece of paper, like flat. Oh, yeah, like flat, dude. Like not just like bend back and do it. Oh, I can't. He got into, you know how you could do a V like you're sitting on your butt, right? And your legs are straight up and your body straight up. Yeah. He did that backwards, upside down. So so his midsection, his belly button is on the floor. (laughs) His legs are straight up and his head and arms are straight up. So he's completely bent and back. Then he did this thing where he's standing. He bent backwards, went through his legs, brought his arms all the way through his legs and then would twist his body on top of it. So not only is he bending backwards, but he's rotating and twisting. And, I mean, for reals, he's doing something horrible to yeah. himself. Yeah. It, <laughs> mean, meanwhile, Sal's like, what's going on in my pants? <laughs> really crazy. But then when he would stand up, because I'm obviously coming from a, uh, you know, from a fitness perspective, I'm watching this. I'm trying to understand, like, What's the genetic component? Obviously, his training. The guy must train like a maniac. Of course, yeah, of course been, it's both, though. He's been doing this since he was a child. I think he's from an Eastern Bloc nation, and you know, you'll find a lot of these performers come from certain 
countries that uh, that will those you know there's lots of well, there's a culture of it right there's a cult mm. like in Mongolia or China there's these different cultures of like juggling and all these different acts that you see. Well, uh, he's from some Eastern Bloc country, I think. But when he was standing up normal, when I was looking at him, because I was trying to identify like what kind of you know, movement patterns he has and if there's any you know, genetic, you know, variants yeah. that I could see. Is right? that like a condition, like with, with the joints and ligaments? Or? I would say yes. He probably uh, has some kind of a condition where his body has just got ultra yeah, mobility in his joints. Very <clears throat> low range of uh, limitation. Or tension. Yeah. 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 Very low range of tension. For sure, it's low. a genetic component. It's just like, it's. I explain people like that the exact same way I explain like our yeah. our super professional athletes that are just... There, there's. It takes both, right? You not only have to have probably had training and practice for tens of thousands of hours, but then in addition to that, you also have a genetic component that just. Well, you separates probably recognize it real early. Like, yeah, well, that's the things you can do. That's the thing. Just working on it because if you're like that, you've he's probably suffers from joint instability or issues where joints dislocate on their own. Probably as a kid. Yeah. So his like, if he wants to be healthy, right? He's going to focus a lot on strength. He was doing balancing while he was doing it, so. I could see he's got a lot of good control and strength, which probably helps him. But the one thing I noticed when he'd stand up just to, you know, like to bow or, you know, whatever, at the end of the, his act. Protocol. He had, uh, <laughs> so you know how you have the, natu- the your, your natural. Yeah, like th- that sales, like yeah. Yeah. Uh, blow up guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a, he looks Wacky more, inflatable he, arm guy. I was going to say when he, when he walks, he probably looks like a worm more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, his yeah. thoracic spine, he had a, what appeared to be a reverse curve in his thoracic spine so you know normally the thoracic spine what? has got that kind of like that forward curve or whatever yeah, yeah he looked like he had a reverse curve so he had very flat upper back almost like it was uh like uh you know pectus what's it called pectus cur- cur- cavernosum i think it's i don't remember the, the exact term where, the, where someone will have like their the front of the rib cage will cave in mm. a little bit it wasn't like that in the front but it was like that in the back it was like a reverse thoracic curve and seeing how his specialty was these insane back bends mm-hmm. that's got to help right because yeah. your thora- your thoracic spine's already curved and well you got so interesting yeah, yeah chicken yeah. or the egg though right you have to wonder that's if what i was wondering yeah right yeah, yeah you have to wonder if somebody has done so much posterior work like that that you know part of why i think you know all of us are kind of shaped that way is right from the get-go from when we're born you automatically we just start so doing reaching forward yeah, yeah right everything is in for so right away we're already curving and shaping the body uh you know at a, even at a very young age so you have to wonder someone like that who for so many years has probably trained the opposite like maybe he's shaped well, his, I've just I, shaped his spine i've seen so. contortionists many times <clears throat> i find them very fascinating but the way he was able to articulate his spine like he'd go in a in a handstand with his legs straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. And then he would, instead of just going into a full back bend, he would like, he would go anterior pelvic tilt and then roll down the spine. So it was like this extreme Whoa. bend in his back. So bizarre. That, yeah. I mean, it didn't, it's almost. I have a hard time watching him. Yeah. I have a hard, it just. Dude, this guy it, will it, blow it you the fuck away. Well, I, I've been to, so I, I can't remember the name of the last one I went to and I didn't see a guy. There were, it was a team of girls. There was like six of them. And they came out and they put themselves. They made all these shapes. It was really fucking cool. Like they, huh. they were all like they did that whole backbend thing, and then they were walking on their hands and feet, and they come together, and then they would intertwine with each other, and they were like spelling out things and creating all these different shapes with their bodies, and they were just the way they were contorting. The show's called Luzia. Uh, I, I can't. I saw. Um, it's going to be in San Jose, by the way. Yeah. It's going to be in San Jose for five weeks. <clears throat> And uh, I have an inside connection. If if uh, maybe yeah, we could go, go, or what I would like to do, honestly, is talk to 
some of these either performers or their trainers or whatever to get some insight into what they do because it's uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty. A trainer for train. them would be actually really interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, a trainer yeah. for them would be interesting. Uh, then they had these girls going up these poles and they would like grip themselves with just their legs super fucking high and then they drop. Oh, like let their bodies fall and then catch and then themselves, themselves. Yeah. catch themselves to where their heads are like Dude. three inches off the floor. Just incredible stuff. It's amazing what the body can do when you're, you know, when you train it. I went to super connected. I went and saw the new um, Ray Kroc movie, The Founder. I saw, oh, you did? Yeah, did you like that? really Wait, good. Is this in the theater or yet? Yeah, that looks no, it's in theater. Really? Yeah, it just came out this last weekend. It's, I want to watch uh, that. with Michael yeah. Keaton. Uh, and he plays Ray Kroc. Now, did they demonize him, or did they make him look? Uh, they did a really good job the way. They, so I've re- mm. I've already I know his story, right? So I've read uh, Ray Kroc's story already. Did McDonald's fund this? Um, no, I don't think so. I, it didn't feel like a commercial the whole time. Okay. That's what you mean by it. No, yeah. Well, I just don't know. Like, because I, I don't you know. know what I mean, did. it's like a, it's like a play for them to kind of like yeah. bring up. To be know. honest with you, right away when I saw the 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 photo of it, I thought that because they have yeah, the McDonald's like, branding behind right. it, and then bring I, the nostalgia back. You I know, can't sell more product. Yeah. No, I thought for sure. Um, and there's moments in the the movie where you might kind of get that feel. I'm very much so like you, where that's right away what I thought. Like, okay, is this going to be just like a marketing? I, no, I thought they really uh, depicted his story really well. Um, I think uh, Katrina afterwards, like she left, she didn't know his story right, so she left going like, "Oh man, he's kind of an asshole," or what like that. And I'm like, well, the when I when I read the book, like I feel like. Uh, I I like his story, and I like his. I mean, he's a shrewd businessman for sure. And and he's a definitely a forward thinker and aggressive, and I can definitely. Uh, oh yeah, say, say what you will, but McDonald's is uh, an incredible American success story. Oh yeah, it's awesome. period. Yeah, period. It's one of the most recognized uh, companies and brands business in the world. ever. Ever employs you know thousands and thousands of people all over the world. Shit, tens of thousands. And just of wrote he, you know wrote the the manual on how to do certain things, how to operate certain ways. Did he take a lot of his? I feel like, and I don't, I don't know a whole lot about him. Mm-hmm. I know some of the things that made McDonald's successful, especially in the early days. Did he take a lot of his cues from like Henry Ford? Yes. Okay. See, because he yeah. had he did the whole like assembly line, right? He was mm-hmm. the one that that brought that to well, fast food. actually, no, and that's what I didn't know. So he picked the, the actual phone. creators of McDonald's, so the original brothers. Uh, Boy, were the ones there? Oh, yeah, no. So they, that's the part of the story where a lot of people don't like th- that. That the the actual original creators of McDonald's get kind of fucked, mm-hmm. and you know, and so when you watch the movie, some people might have kind of a bad taste in their mouth about Ray Kroc. They that, get McFucked. Yeah, they do get McFucked. <laughs> yeah. They do get McFucked. I mean, they they got paid out pretty nice, but you know, considering that With they that sauce. it's their name, they created it. They had the very first one. I mean, the rest is all Ray's. I mean, and they and he basically they bought, sold it to him. He, yeah, but the when the way the story, t- the way it unfolds, you'll see. Like okay. it's yeah, it's a. I mean, you guys will enjoy it. It's great, great story. I don't, I don't want to ruin the whole movie for people that don't know the story. Uh, definitely watch it this week. Definitely, if you're an entrepreneur, let's make a date. You'll, uh, you'll, did you, did you'll you feel enjoy. like you wanted to buy McDonald's afterwards? <laughs> no. no, seriously. No, no. I, it, that's why I didn't think it was like a big promotion for. Uh, McDonald's. It'd be interesting to see if their sales <clears throat> spike. I, I would think they would because they did do a good job of telling the uh, their original story and their message and like what their target market was and like I, I thought there was some really clever 
uh, things that they did early on that I do, you know, of course, kind of know now when now that I know the story, I go, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense that they they did that. That's really cool. Um, they really re- what really revolutionized them, and, and what was so fascinating was, you know, Ray Kroc used to sell uh, mixers like milkshake mixers, and that's kind of how they made this connection. And these McDonald's guys over on the West Coast had created this burger place and their whole thing was like, you know, burger to you within 30 seconds of you ordering. That was like the first person to ever do that. And to realize that the biggest hassle of drive up places, which was revolutionary then too, right? So like the first places that started doing drive up food, the girls in the roller skates come over and give you your food. Like that was a whole like era in itself. And it was so revolutionary for people before, oh my God, you can eat in your car. And he was really the first one or the, these brothers were like the first ones to like solve this. Like there's so many problems with this, you know, you know, it's funny. I, I, so I predicted this a year ago, um, uh, to some of my friends, McDonald's goes through these for a while there, they've been demonized, right? They were, the, they were like the, the, the poster child of obesity mm-hmm. just because they're one the, the largest brand, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not just them. Fuck. There's a lot of companies that do it and it's our decisions and all that stuff, but yeah. They were just demonized, and I think the pendulum is swinging the other way because you're getting this wave of American nationalism. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see this wave. You see it in politics yeah, right I now. I can see that. You're getting this wave of people who are saying, like, I'm proud of you know being American. I'm proud of what we do. I'm proud of the you know the companies that we've produced. And I've, I, 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 I predicted this about a year ago, and I think you're going to see it now, and I bet this movie's going to contribute to it. You're going to see McDonald's. The pendulum is going to swing the other way where now people are going <laughs> to, rather than demonizing it, they're going to be proud of this American company. Um, so it'd be interesting to watch. Yeah, no, I'll be curious to hear what your guys' take on it. Cause Katrina and I didn't have the same feel walking out of it. So she definitely, uh, received it a certain way, but I also had, she knew nothing about Ray Kroc really going into it where I have read his story. So I had a different perspective already about him. I'm already a big fan of his and in, in there, they don't make him look like the, the nicest guy in the world mm-hmm. for sure. So, mm-hmm. Bring on that motherfucking bird. Bring him the choir. Chimera Quaz. Today's Quaz is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Nine String Man. How much do genetics play in muscle building? How much of a role? Genetic, yeah. uh, genetics play a huge role yeah, in gi- muscle building. Gigantic. However, that does not, it's not the only role. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever genetics you have, you can change dramatically and substantially how you look and feel and perform through consistent, uh, proper exercise programming and good nutrition. You can make a tremendous difference in how you look and how you feel and how you move with those kinds of things. The, 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 the reason why I sometimes when people ask me this question, I hate answering it. It's because I feel like sometimes people take it as a easy out. It's an excuse. Yeah, yeah. It becomes, look, here's the thing. You, you want to stay away from or try to be aware of uh, that victim mentality, you know, where, oh, you know, I, I look a certain way or I'm, I'm, I can only perform this well or I'm not that good at this mm-hmm. because of my genetics or because I was born this way. It's a very 
uh, it's not a growth mindset. It's very fixed, and they they know this now. Studies will show pretty conclusively that if you have a fixed mindset where you say things like that, like I'm this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm not good at, mm-hmm. and I'm not this kind of person, or I'm not I don't have the genes for this, or then it totally determines you. You you tend to yeah, it really predicts your behavior in the sense that you stop trying and stop working as hard. Um, so there's there's definitely a fine line between accepting, you know, who you are, accepting your genes, accepting your, you know, you know those kinds of things. Like I, you know, accept the fact that I'll never look like Mr. Olympia, or I'll, I'll never be the world's strongest man, or I'll never have like the world's strongest whatever. Um, like I understand that, but I don't let it make that you know influence me in the sense where i'm not going to even try you know what i'm saying because i think a lot of people do that but genetics play a huge fucking role i mean muscle attachments uh your bone structure types of fibers you're comprised of how you respond to resistance recovery i mean having trained all these things as many people as i've trained i'll just speak personally because i know you guys have seen the same thing i've had clients come in man where they're totally deconditioned right they haven't worked out before i train them and holy shit, like I'm blown away by how fast their body responds. And then yeah. I've trained other people where mm-hmm. it was like a Rubik's Cube. Like I got to figure this out yeah. because, you know, they're not responding nearly as easily. And once we figure out the formula, they, of course, their body changes, but it's just not as easy. Can I just explain something right now, too, that I, I this is why we speak so passionately about a lot of the uh, social media stars and things like that that are promoting their programs is a, a majority of these icons that we see out there are these genetic freaks. Not to take away from all the hard work they 100% absolutely put in to look the way they do, but they are they are more like that person that Sal's talking about because all of us as trainers have had that. We've all had that client where I couldn't put a bad program in front of them. I couldn't like screw yeah. up their progress. They literally just, they t- if they, they were eat whatever the hell they want, yeah, they yeah. could eat what they want. They could show up, they could touch weights and their body would just change. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. And then other people like Sal said, is like a Rubik's cube, which I think in my opinion is a majority of people. Majority of people are like that. Yeah. Absolutely. More people. There's so many other variables and things that they've done to themselves that they've, that they have to overcome or fix and stress and blah, 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 and all this shit. It goes on and on and on that we're trying to piece together, which is a lot of why, uh, why Mind Pump talks about all these other dots that you have to connect and that how much those play a huge role in your, your ultimate goal and your success. And so, and you know, this reminds me too, just recently, um, one of our forum guys, Zach, who's getting ready for his uh, classic show, he, he posted a, uh, Instagram or YouTube star guy is a big bodybuilder dude. And he, it sounds like he has a lot of similar philosophies as mind pump. Uh, but he has a different view on like volume training. Like he's just super high volume and hammers the gym like crazy. And they were talking about having him on the show and it's like, well, I don't need to have somebody on the show that has similar views as what we do. And then they're, the one thing that they see different is the amount of volume that they train and how intense they train because that's what works for him. You know, that's what works for a guy like that who, you know, probably has some pretty good genetics that can handle that load. When we yeah. talk about... It's not interesting. It's not. It's not Let's because be it's, it's simple to me. It's very simple because a majority of people aren't this way they're not so. like that i mean it's it's like when we had um joe donnelly on the show the, the guy 
you know, he's got great, obviously, genes for exercise, probably, you know, enhanced on top of it. And he does these workouts that, and look, here's the thing, like a lot of these fitness celebrities on Instagram have zero or very little experience training lots of regular people. And so you can't blame them for, you know, giving the advice that they give because all they all they know, all they can connect is what has worked well for them. And for them, for these genetic freaks who may also, a lot, a lot of them are also enhanced with anabolic steroids, what works for them is work harder, do more, grind through, you know, push, 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 add more intensity and do all these insane things because for them... They're, they respond to it or they also get away with it. That's the other thing you got to consider. Yeah. I think a lot of these guys would respond even better if they were smarter about their training. Yeah. But they just, they just don't know. And so when they put together programs for other people, it reflects what they've learned through training themselves, which means they have very little understanding of how the average person's body will respond and how the average person's uh, you know, schedule works with exercise and their attitudes and their, you know, their energy levels. I mean, here, if you're a fitness celebrity who that's your job, that's all you do is work out and shit. It's, you have zero concept of the difficulty that yeah. the average person who works, you know, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, who's got kids who wants to work out and get in shape. Like to you, you just, you just doesn't make sense to you. You don't understand that because you've never lived it. Uh, and so, or, or maybe you were a fanatic and they're not. And so now you're telling them, oh yeah, you really want to get in shape. This is what you have to do. You know, six days a week in the gym, yeah. 30, 30 minutes to an hour cardio every day, restrict your calories. You need to prep all your food the day before. So you've got all your meals ready to go and, and tons of protein shakes. Yeah, and so they're horrible trainers for other people. Because they just don't have that experience working with other people. Uh, even they the rely guy, heavily on the motivation factor. Like, like hammering. Like yeah. that's, that's what they're best well, at. They're, they're best yeah. at inspiring people by, you know, pushing hard. Yeah. Tired as fuck getting up because we've all had that before. And they have the mental discipline to go to the gym, hammer out their 30 to 40 sets, and push through, and then go run well, a with job. With the mentality that we portray with it, you need that. I mean, shit. I need motivation to be be able to hammer the shit out of myself every single day you know what i mean like please give me something to keep going oh oh thank you for that like ass shot in in, in the quote right next to it like thank god yeah. you know like otherwise i couldn't just beat the shit out of myself every day and just wake up again be sore and you know take some protein powder to help me out i'll, well, t- it- I'll tell you what i had a i mean i went through in my early years as a trainer there was this for me was a huge area of growth because you know, I myself look the guys in this room right now. We all have better than average genetics. Uh, you know, uh, Adam was an. Well, I thank have, you for saying. Well, that. we do just it, slightly though, bro. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest uh, completely. Well, well, look, look. Here's the truth. Like, you know, Adam, for yourself, I know we you grew up. You, I know you grew up skinny, all that, but. You, to become an IFBB pro, there has to be a genetic component to it. You've got wide shoulders, you've got the small waist, you've got you've got some things working for you. Some things, but let's be on, let's be honest. I, my body type is not built to to be a, no. a bodybuilder whatsoever. No, but my point is and all natural. There's no po- way I'm competing at the IFBB level. Right, but, impossible. But my point is that we have probably better than that. Like if we show if if we trained ourselves as clients, we would probably say, hey, that person's got better than average genes. 
I had to go through this growth mm. uh, uh, curve as a trainer because obviously when I first became a trainer, I only had experience training myself. And I quickly realized, uh, wow, I can't do with these clients what I've done with myself mm-hmm. because that's what you do when you first become a trainer is you do what yeah. you do for yourself. And I learned some interesting techniques, some techniques. I learned how to train people differently. I had to read intensity differently, training other people. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to train a beginner. You know what I mean? Like somebody who's never worked out before. I would get people way too fucking sore yep. right, out the ba- right out the gates because yeah. I didn't understand that uh, with people. And so I had to really... Yeah. There was this huge. There's no of, governing that they already have, like yeah. so they don't know how to like you know pull back from from that intensity. You're the one that's like completely dictating that for them. I had this one kid I'll never forget. My early years as a personal trainer, tall, skinny, super lanky kid who had below average genes in terms of how his muscles and body responded to exercise. Like it was very easy to overtrain him. He get real sore. He'd get burnt out. <clears throat> And we wouldn't progress. And so when I first started training him, my answer to that was more intensity, superset. We got to shock your body. We got to do all this crazy shit. And he just, not only was he not responding, uh, I would notice regressions almost in some of his, uh, in some of his performance. And so then my, my mind went to, well, you're not eating right. We need to feed you more, eat more food, do all these different things. And it just wasn't working. And after about a few months of this, uh, I, you know, I don't remember how I, I, this came to me, but I thought to myself, like, maybe we need to like scale it way back and see what happens. And so we started on this process of scaling back the intensity, being a little smarter with his training, changing his food intake to reduce the, the quantities. I was having this guy eat shit tons of protein. Of course, this is in the early days of my training years. And lo and behold, Started getting stronger. Body started responding. I, I took out all the isolation movements. All we did were the compound movements. And things started working. And it was one of those moments where I was like, holy shit. Like, you, you know, average people can't apply 99% of all this shit that you get in the magazines because it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. just doesn't work for well, them. Well, I think the, the paradigm shattering moment for me was when I actually finally put it together that, wow. I'm not a trainer first. I'm more of a therapist first and then a trainer. And once I realized that when I started helping people more with the the mental side of, of this whole game first, I realized that their results were coming along so much easier and faster than when I when I thought like a trainer so much. So much like the which is sets and reps and creative exercises and intensity. Yeah. Which is what the average trainer mind thinks right away. When I started realizing how much stress was affecting my clients, how much their sleep was affecting, how much their uh how little of fiber they were getting, how to how their gut was all messed up, how their relationships with others was affecting things. I mean, when I started realizing that these were actually bigger rocks than this person not knowing how many sets they should do or what exercise is best for this muscle. And like, that's the stuff as a trainer, when I first started, I thought was so cool was, Oh, let me, I would wow you with a workout of move all these exercises you've never seen before and mm-hmm. tools you've never used before. Cause you thought that was your value. Yeah, you. <laughs> exactly. That would, that's yeah. what I, I thought my value was. I think all of us did that. And, yeah. I did the exact same oh, thing. For and sure. so we would throw all these different moves at you and get you hella sore. And then you, 
would leave and you go like, wow. Yeah. I, I, would, I was, my clients were probably leaving going like, man, I knew I needed a trainer. I've never felt so sore before and I've never seen any of these exercises. And in my head, I, I really thought I was helping these people. And, I, and sure, to an extent I was, but I wasn't doing the most service for them. And then when I realized, when I started helping them connecting the other dots, then I started seeing their results go through the roof. I'll be the first one to admit yeah. that when I first started as a trainer, sure, I was great in sales and I, I was successful financially, but I think I was a terrible trainer. Yeah. I think that a lot of my clients, and the, and I'm sure there's a, those that are probably still around me and listen and they, oh, I disagree, Adam, you changed my life, yada, yada, yada. Well, sure, there's a smaller percentage of those people I was truly changing their lives back then. Yeah, but those, compared to yourself yeah. now, that's yeah. what you're doing. You're, well, I think, I, I mean, you bring up a good point because I look at like when I felt like, okay, now I'm like, I've evolved a lot, you know, and I, I feel like I'm a much better trainer now because, you know, I, I look at those things like initially, like what, you know, how the stress is affecting them, sleep, like all these other like extracurricular components that like you don't even talk about like reps and sets and, and weight and all that kind of stuff. You really kind of dive deeper and you find out, um, you know, where where is it that you can kind of focus on that's going to have the most cascading effect. Mm -hmm. And it's like for me, it also was that I want them to be self-reliant. You know, I want them, I want to be able to like a better teacher is to, to be able to implement all these things and then they get it and you see that they are, they're applying it. They stop asking you about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get so frustrated. Like I was at a, I feel like I went stages, right? At first it was all me, all me. Then it was like, I want them to understand it, but they're still reliant on me, you know? And now it's like, I feel like I've gotten to that next level where it's like, okay, you know, you know, you know, these things on a deep level and I see you that you're applying them. Now it's just like, we're hanging out, you know, or, or we're just chatting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you really cannot overstate just how valuable experience is when it comes to, uh, to fitness because there's so many variables that you have to consider when you're trying to improve your fitness, health, performance, build muscle, fat loss, whatever, um, that if I were to sit here and write down all the variables, um, it would take me an, an, at least an hour to come up with as many as I can think of. And then it would take me for I don't know how long to be able to show how the variables interact with each other and in influencing how a person's workout should look and influencing how I should approach you know, getting them to eat a certain way or how I should coach them. And uh, it's funny because we use, you know, we talk about studies and science when it comes to exercise, you know, programming, you know, like this study shows that this type of training is more effective than that type of training. But studies and science will give you a certain amount of information, but they still don't give you what the experience will. And I'll give you an example. Like if you look at studies and you look at a study and it says, okay, uh, eight to 12 reps build more muscle than, you know, uh, you know, three to six reps or whatever. And you look at the sample, right? 35 college-aged college aged man, uh, men. So you've got college-aged guys, 35 of them. You have really narrowed the, uh, the type of people now that you're testing this particular type of workout on. But, uh, and you've eliminated a shit ton of other variables. What about people who are older? What about people who are sedentary? What about people who've got injuries? What about people yeah. who've worked out before a yeah. certain way? Metabolic what about people damage who damage or diabetics like, or thyroid uh, conditions? And, or, or, <laughs> or just, uh, just, just, there's, <laughs> there's so many shit. fucking things. And that's why, like, so many times we look at, especially when it comes to exercise programming, because that's where we really have the most experience. That's why when we'll see a study that says, 
this exercise activates the glutes better. And then, of course, the the uh, conclusion that, you know, fitness celebrity trainer, maybe science guy says, this is the exercise you do for your glutes because our, you know, our, our testing has shown that it activates the glutes more. But we know through experience that ain't going to do nearly as well as this does because consider all the variables with the average person. The average person is going to do better with this exercise mm-hmm. because they'll be able to do it better. They'll be able to move better. Um, and therefore, they're going to build more muscle. And we know this through experience. So the study will be counter to what our experience has found. And this is how we've programmed all of our workouts. I mean, I can't you – know, when we go through and we design and put together exercises – when you look at the, the the type of exercises we put together, and there's all of this is based on our experience. But when it comes to genetics, just to circle right back down, you have genetics too uh, that determine how your muscles look, their attachments, your bone structure. You have it. You have genetics of how you respond to exercise. You have genetics to that that you're, when it comes to recovery, you have genetics to how you respond to food. Mm-hmm. You have genetics that determine how well you respond to steroids. There's another one. There's there, you can have two guys with great natural muscle building genes, great structures, take the exact same dosage of anabolic steroids, and this guy over here just blows up like like crazy. And the other guy's like, I just gained five pounds, and we took the same amount of gear. Like genes play do play a huge role in 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 muscle building, but don't let that stop you because there's a lot of other things you could do on your own to change that. Snyder Inc. Is there a mantra that you use in your everyday life? That's a good. That's a good one. Mm. Do you guys have anything you say to yourself? I am handsome. God damn, you're gorgeous. Handsome. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Just over. Well, and over ours again. are similar, Adam. Hey, why don't you start Sal first, and then uh, let me think here if I have like an ongoing mantra or I use multiple. You ones. know, I don't have uh, necessarily a mantra, um, but I do have a quote. Uh, Man in the arena. I've seen people posting it now, but this is something that I've been reading to myself um, for I don't know the last. Probably 12 years, I discovered this. It's uh, Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt uh, said this, this long speech. Um, it's actually uh, a pretty amazing speech, whether you agree with the guy's policies or not. The speech itself is pretty amazing. But the man in the arena, uh, part of it is this part of the speech where he talks about how, and just to summarize because it's kind of a long quote, but I read it uh, almost daily. <clears throat> and it opens up by saying it's not the critic who counts. Mm. The the person who really matters is the person that's in the arena, mm-hmm. uh, not the person who's watching who's criticizing them. Yeah. It's the one who's doing what needs to be done. It's the one who's experiencing life, who's experiencing the amazing victories, but also the crushing defeats. And at the end of this uh, this this particular speech and quote, uh, he says, you know, uh, at their best they know the triumph of the high achievements. And at the worst, knows what, what it's like to fail. But at least they fail while daring g- greatly so that their place shall never be known or shall never be with those cold and untimid souls who neither know victory or defeat. So in other words, it's worse to never fail and never succeed because you know nothing. You're just this timid soul. Whereas the guy in the arena, he knows what it's like to win. He knows what it's like to fail and to embrace both of those fucking things. And 12 years ago, I read that and I've read it uh, almost daily ever since because it reminds me through those tough moments where I think to myself like, man, I, I just wish I wasn't here right now. Like, I wish I wasn't dealing with this this hard time. Mm-hmm. And then I remind myself like, what would the would that really be better? Would it really be better to never experience anything good or bad? You know, I'd be safe from mm-hmm. the bad. 
but is that what it, what I would really want? Mm-hmm. And the answer is always no. No, I'd rather feel it all. So it just helps me embrace, you know, life and all its complexities. Yeah. So I think, well, mine's a little less eloquent, but <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it, well, it's kind of, it kind of revolves around two different things. Like one is to just live with purpose. And, and so my, I guess that's just kind of a, a mantra I just keep in, in my head is all the time is like, you know, uh, every day means something to me. And, and like I, and so the other part of that is to just um, always, there's always one thing that I could get better at that day. And so if I just keep it like super simple like that, it tends to uh, help to kind of to bring it back. So if I assess myself at the end of the day, I have something to, you know, to, to kind of like compare. Like, no, I didn't get better at anything. To, or I, I got better at that one element like of relationship or of my physical body or learning something or you know, whatever it is, like accomplishing like more work related tasks or, you know, whatever it is, you could like make something up. But if I can, if I can't answer to that, I feel like that's a loss Mm. for that day. I like that. That's very applicable. Yeah. No, I feel like someone could take that and just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that a lot. And it's probably uh, more along the lines of kind of where I'm at right now. As far as like a mantra, I've never been somebody who, which I don't think there's anything wrong with like the, you know, saying a mantra inside in front of the mirror before you start your day every day, if that helps. I think the purpose of, of mantras and doing that is to, uh, to train us to have these good habits. Um, and I think that's the ultimate goal is, you know, it's one thing if you have a mantra that you say every single day, but if then if you're not applying it or you're not learning from it or if it hasn't changed you in some way, then it's kind of kind of worthless to me. Uh, so a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I've done is, you know, I I feel like when I I read something or I spend time with somebody who is really intelligent, I try and take something from them and that I I feel like helped me, and then I'll, I'll apply that into my life somehow. Um, I love to do that. Um, right now, I think uh, real similar to kind of Justin is, uh, my kind of focus is being mindful, being present. Um, I, <clears throat> mind pump is not the first business that I've been a part of that, uh, been watched from, you know, ground up. And, uh, one thing that can happen and that's happened to me in other businesses is that I become so focused on where we need to go that I don't uh, enjoy the process and, you know, going through that. And not to say that I'm somebody who's like, ah, but I'm so like focused on where I need to be that I'm not enjoying where I'm currently at. So being mindful is, is a current mantra or thought process that I'm, I'm saying right now. And, you know, we just had a great episode with uh, Stephen Kotler not too long ago and understanding flow state and micro macro flow and, um, I, I, that's something to me that I'm, I'm trying to harness that and, and get into that state more often. And the biggest takeaway that I had from him, which was ironic that this is kind of where my mind already currently is, is that is being, you know, being in complete flow is truly just being a hundred percent present and mindful, uh, at that moment. And it seems like it's such a simple thing, but it's extremely challenging to, to, to apply. Yeah, yeah. With all of our, so, and i and I like to give you guys like an example of something like a small thing, like Justin gave you like a, like I like small little steps in that direction. So that's my ultimate direction, but then I'll take small steps every day of improving on that. Right. So right now, uh, my phone and computer and all of my toys have a, or electronical toys have a seven o'clock bedtime. 
you know, then that's just, and I've literally have set that now where I'll, if I look down at my phone, I could be mid responding to an email, what about that? 7 PM hits, it's bedtime for my electronics and I shut them down. And that's just one little exercise that I'm practicing that helps me also be mindful. So I know it's not really a mantra mantra for you, but I feel like uh, that's kind of how I apply that. Was was Stephen the one that told us about the breathing technique that box <laughs> breathing? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I tr- so Navy uh, Seals, so I yeah. tried it. Uh, you did? Yes, very effective. Oh. And I realized the reason why it's so fucking effective. Two reasons: number one, it's it's uh, sending a feedback to your body to telling it to relax. Mm-hmm. But the other reason is you have to be mindful because you have to focus on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can't do it on accident. Yeah. And what it sense. is, what it is, and I'll just reiterate to the listeners is you. You breathe out for five seconds, you expend all your air, and then you hold that for five seconds, and then you breathe in for five seconds as much as you can, and then you hold that for five seconds. And then the next round, you go six seconds, and the next round, you go seven seconds, and you go up until you can't go anymore. And it's it's incredible, man. It centers the shit. I tried, tested it, and I went five seconds a bunch of times in a row just to kind of get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you can't focus on anything else because you have to count and focus on the holding and whatever so it's a very it was a very simple way for me to be super present and mm. uh, uh i liked it so try very it out cool. cool nicole and marie fit how low is too low for calories she that's can, a very low she competes so i think she was asking along the lines of like bodybuilders and competitors but i think it applies to everybody you know, yeah as far as what we'll talk about i don't know if there's necessarily a number that's established i can tell you subjectively through training people myself what a uh, what I would consider too low I do not like uh, taking uh, any female under uh, on a consistent basis because I will have uh, sometimes I'll have uh, my, my female clients um, undulate their calories so they'll, they'll hit numbers lower than this but I don't like my female clients to average ever under 1100 or 1200 calories mm-hmm. a day that's just for me personally when i when i see people averaging 900 calories a day consistently because i've had some people you know th- that i've worked with who f- really have metabolic damage they're doing lots of exercise and they're only eating 900 calories a day that t- that usually is a signal okay we need to we need to reverse things a little bit that's really really low um and for men i don't like them to average anything under 1500 calories to you know on a consistent basis for too long that's just from my experience but this, you know, calories are, are reflective of your metabolic rate, but they're also very reflective of your activity levels. So you could be super sedentary and, uh, you know, just have really low calories yeah. as a result of that. I mean, it's kind of a different, it's kind of a difficult question to answer, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so different from person to well, person. Well, yeah, I, and I'm, my numbers are a little bit higher than yours. I, I don't like a female under 1,500. I don't like a male under 2,000 uh, averaging for a long period of time. Um, but those are like, like Sal said, those are just generic numbers with my experience and what I'm dealing with. Uh, and there's, there's old, uh, shit. I remember, I remember reading way back when that, you know, and this is totally generic too, is that a female in a female under consuming 1500 calories on average is, uh, in, well, you could go into starvation mode or mm-hmm. and it, 1500 calories is you're not going to hit your, uh, nutrient targets that your body needs, and so this I remember is, that that was Apex. I think so. was it. I don't even remember where I read it first, but you know, there there is some truth to this, and I think that the takeaway from it is when I look at like someone's size uh, of their body, 
and I'm kind of comparing it to w- about where their their calories should be. And you could you could go through and you could actually uh, mathematically figure this out based off of their their lean tissue and uh, fat mass that they have uh, about how many calories that they need for that body to survive uh, the way it is currently. So that being said, uh, most all, I would say upwards of 80, 90% of people that um, I've ever taken on need help with uh, rebuilding or fuel or uh, uh, creating a healthier metabolism. I'm going to say it that way. Um, most everybody I've ever have taken on when I first assess their calories, uh, they're pretty low in comparison to what their their goals are or where their body type should be. So I normally, no, no matter what, whether you're trying to gain weight, lose weight, get on stage, um, this is also why my stage competitors that have hired me, I always want them, you know, three months before they even go into a prep because I believe that most of your hard work for a, st- a stage or show is done um, leading into prep, not prep itself. Prep uh, is really a mathematical formula if done right. And if you did a really good job of building your metabolism up heading into prep, prep should be easy and should be mathematical for you. But if your metabolism is kind of fucked, you already have a low calorie maintenance level, and then you head into a six to a 12 week prep to get ready for a stage. Those are the people that hit major walls and plateaus and don't present a very good state uh, physique on stage because they didn't do the job correctly of building their metabolism going in. So that's a competitor uh, view. The same thing applies to you know, Jane or Joe that comes in and hires me and, you know, he or she's over 200 pounds and they're only consuming 1700 calories a day and they're still overweight. Like, I don't want to take that person. I could take them down to 1200 calories and lose them some weight, but I'm not setting them up for long-term success. So what I'm going to do with that person is I'm going to slowly build their metabolism by actually increasing calories and movement. So I don't put on a bunch of weight so I can actually get that metabolism built up and then I would take their calories down. So uh, I think it really matters where you're currently at, uh, you know, as far as is to what's too low. What's too low is, is it a sustainable caloric intake that you can maintain this this body where it's currently at for the rest of your life and be satisfied and happy? You know, can you live off of 1500 calories day in, day out, and you're, you have the physique you want, you feel really good, and that feels like a, a, a good amount of calories that you feel happy. If that's the case, then you're probably okay. But most people I know want to be able to consume more than that. Yeah. And that's not to say that periods of low, low calories is not, uh, is bad for you. There right. are, there's definite benefits to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we encourage fasting. You know, right? Fasting is yeah. one of them. And, you know, uh, there's, there are, there are some potential benefits to going. But they, these are the people that I don't like to see fast, though, to be honest. Like if you're, if you came to me and you're a woman and you're, e- you're eating 1,200 to 1,500 calories, I'm not a big fan of like encouraging lots right, of fasting right. with you because yeah, we want you at a higher amount. Yeah, like I, I would like to build your well, metabolism. If, yeah, they're teetering at that like bad, meta, you know, that that metabolic damage. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because then if you go too low calories for too long or you fast too often your for hormones. your body, yep, yeah. it starts. Especially for women, it can affect your hormones. Yep. You can get some really interesting side effects. Um, I mean, if you're if you're if you if you have trouble sleeping, if you're noticing hot and cold uh, flashes, if you're getting, uh, you know, just just really pay attention to some of the signals that your body's telling you, and y- usually there's symptoms of 
you know, that you're eating too low of calories way before you even, you even realize you just got to really pay attention. Yeah. I mean, I've had people come up to me and tell me, you know, all kinds of different things. I'm like, well, how long have you had those symptoms? How long have you not gotten your period for? Oh, I haven't <laughs> had it for like four months. I was just wondering if my calories are too low. Well, well, probably yeah. you haven't <laughs> yeah. had a period for kind four months. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and just think the, 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 the lower it is, the longer you're that low, you're just, you're, you're, our bodies are adaptation machines. I don't know how many times we have to say that on this show. So if you're getting ready for a show and you're running a 1200 calorie diet for six plus weeks, your body is going to get really adapted to that. And then when you decide post show, you're going to go reward yourself and treat yourself. You blow up. Yeah. And this is, this is the epidemic that's going on in the bodybuilding community that, you know, part of a big motivator in us running this show and why I speak out on that is not that you can't do it. You can't get in great shape, but there's a lot of things to be careful of when you get into the competing world of these extreme diets and then these extreme rebounds. And a lot of that is because you have people who think that, oh, oh I'm just going to pick a show date and, and compete because it's a, it's a lifelong goal of mine that I just want to get on stage one day, yet their metabolism is not in a healthy position to go after something so aggressive like that. You're trying to do something at the elite level that the, you know, the one percenters are able to do, and you're going to hop in that category when you haven't really primed and set your body up to do it correctly. You're only setting yourself up for a disaster afterwards. So, you know, honestly, if you have to ask yourself, you know, is this too low of a caloric intake? Well, if it seems pretty low, it's probably too low. Mm -hmm. The idea, the goal that I've always had with all clients, you know, bikini competitors, bodybuilders, or just the average Jane or Joe trying to lose weight is, hey, my goal is to get you to the point where you're eating enough food that you don't feel hungry and you don't want food all the time. You're not, you don't feel deprived and you can. You're not dreaming of, uh, yeah, you know, rice cakes and strawberries. And yes. Some of the weird cravings you'll get, you know, people will tell you because mm. they've just, they're so deprived for so long. Yeah, You know, I even will give you a body fat range to stay to allow yourself to go up to. I mean, I've seen people just get real lean and then they think that that's the, it's okay or it's good for them to stay lean like that all the time. And it's like, no, you, you let yourself come out of that a little bit. You know, you don't need to go, you know, overboard, but there's definitely a range and let yourself go up to that upper range a little bit sometimes because there's, there's some negatives to staying too lean too long. And there's health benefits to carrying a little bit of the body fat. Of course. On there's definitely, there's definitely, uh, a sweet spot for everybody's body and everybody's body's different. So there's not like a, yeah, there is a winter <laughs> there. You know, there isn't like a, Hey, the, you should be at 6% or you should be 12%. Everybody should, and you, you'll, you'll know your body will kind of find this homeostasis where it feels comfortable. And I think that's the, what we talk about as far as the ultimate goal of intuitive training and intuitive eating is to get to a point where you are able to sustain this long, long term because you have a nice balance of the food rotation that you have. You don't ever feel like you're starving. You don't ever feel like you're stuffing your face. You're not killing your body when you're training, but you're training to maintain health and the physique that you, you want, whether that's aesthetic or functional, whatever. But th I mean, that's the ultimate goal. And if you're, you're living in this extreme caloric deficits, uh, absolutely for long periods of time, it will become detrimental. It is. Listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Also, check us out on Instagram. That's where you can actually ask some of these questions that we'll answer on our show. You can find us at Mind Pump Radio. You can find my personal page at Mind Pump Sal. Adam has a page. It's at Mind Pump Adam. Justin's is at Mind Pump Justin. And Doug 
is at Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.